What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Bell Ringer podcast, hosted by Sixers Wire of USA Today Sports Media Group. I'm your host, the editor of the Sixers Wire site, Kai Carlin. I got my guy with me today from over at the Painted Lines, Austin Krell, living it up in uh, in sunny Florida down there. Austin, what's going on, man? What's going on, Kai? Thank you for having me once again. Of course, of course. I was trying to get you on for uh, for for a little bit now, but. Uh, you know, we just, we just, we, we've always had conflicting schedules or something, or, you know, he had to travel, you know, it is, but it is it's okay though. It's all right. I finally got him on, finally got him on. So Austin, dude, w- what a week and uh, surrounding the Philadelphia 76ers, huh? What a yeah. crazy week. No, for sure. I, here I am doing the raise hand function on my screen because I'm so used to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a wild week. Um, it's, so much has changed with the, with, with, around the NBA in just a very short period of time. And, um, you know, it's, th- th- this is the life we've chosen. If the Sixers are going to contend, you're going to have days where you think they're going to trade for a star and then they ultimately end up not trading for a star. But yeah. uh, here it is. What, what can we say? And that specific star we're going to get into right now is James Harden. Now, now listen, the Sixers were right there Wednesday. They had an offer. Uh, it was something around – Ben Simmons, Matisse Thibel, some picks. However, the Rockets wanted Tyrese Maxey as well. Philadelphia said no. They tried to come up with some more assets to give to Houston to avoid having to include Maxey. It didn't work out. At the end of the day, James Harden is now a member of the Brooklyn Nets. So where does this put Philadelphia now, though, Austin, in your mind? Because now Brooklyn's getting a little stronger. Uh, between you got a superstar in Kevin Durant, you got another superstar now in James Harden. You'd have a third one in Kyrie Irving whenever he comes back from his sabbatical or, or whatever he's doing right now. Do, uh, are you still confident in, in the Sixers possibly getting to the finals this year? I will say that one thing we've learned is that anything is possible and change is is one constant in the NBA. Everything is constantly fluctuating and changing. Um this wasn't like a trade where you thought that like a team from like the, the, the back of the Eastern conference pack got, you know, like added James Harden. Like this was a team that you knew was going to be in the mix of the top four. So in terms of like standings, nothing really materially changed for me. Just that now you have a, a, a rougher road to get to the finals. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to make a, a 10 game, 12 game sample size to judge what this team is. But obviously, they have a much more uh, difficult road than they had, you know, 36 hours ago. I thought it was always going to be difficult for them, um, even if Brooklyn was still the team they were before they acquired Harden. Brooklyn was always my choice to come out of the East just because of how great Kevin Durant is. And he's looked like he hasn't really lost a beat since coming back. But since coming back. So it's not like he's, you know, any worse, any less, anything like that. Um, what this does do now, though, for the Nets, at least in my mind, is now that you now that like you don't really know what the hell Kyrie Irving's doing, you kind of have some insurance now in James Harden. You're like, okay, I mean, sure, we don't have Kyrie, but I mean, hell, we got the one of the best scorers this game has ever seen, and one of the guys who just you know he goes off at any point. So like, like the insurance po- policy is valued higher than the car is. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So like, so like now you have this crazy insurance option and, you know, if the car ever does come back, that just kind of adds to it. So the Nets are still in a pretty good spot. Now, I guess like the only thing you could kind of criticize them now is the fact they don't really have the same amount of depth as they had. They had to give up uh, Torian Prince. They had to give up Karis LeVert. They had to give up Jared Allen, um, which side note, what the hell is Cleveland doing? 
with, with Andre Drummond and Jared Allen. And yeah, I think Jared they're gonna. I think they're gonna trade both Allen or not not Allen um, Drummond and McGee. I just don't I, see like what the I can future, see it. I don't see what the future is there with those two. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have to think that they're trading one of them at that point. Like if they're gonna bring in Jared Allen, but I mean, hey, here's what it is. They did wave Thon Maker uh, after the deal, so I mean, there's that. Um, but anyway, like if you're Brooklyn. I guess, like, that's kind of the one thing you could kind of criticize them for is the fact that, like, oh, they don't have the same amount of depth as they had before, and, like, that's okay. You don't really need, like, a, a serious amount of depth when you have Durant and Harden and Irving. They still have Joe Harris. They still have DeAndre Jordan. They're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the Philadelphia side, though, it, it kind of does feel like a bit of a missed opportunity. Like, sure, it would have been hard to really part with Tyrese Maxey just because Maxey's off to such a, a really, really good start. He's a rookie. I get it. But this is also James Harden we're talking about here, a guy who is, as I mentioned, he's one of the elite scorers in the game, won an MVP in 2018, and that fit between him and Joel Embiid probably, uh, it, it definitely would have been something to behold. Yeah, and I mean, I, I was like 99% sure it was going to go down yesterday. They were going to get Harden. Um, and, you know, I, I see both sides of the argument. Like, obviously, Ben's the same player he was two, three years ago, and that's mm. – well, on the offensive side of the ball, at least it's the same player. Yeah. And he's you know, his improvements have very is very, very obviously been like, hey, look at me, I have improved. You can't say I haven't improved, but they've completely skirted it around the actual areas that are going to move the needle for this team. Um, and so it probably didn't help that this all took went down the, the day after he had like one of the worst games of his career. Yep. Um, but I think you have to keep in mind like. Embiid is 27, Simmons is 24, and Embiid's 26, I think. 20, even better, perfect. So, uh, what, however the hell, however, however old he is, um, but like, a lot can happen with Ben Simmons in two, three years. 24 years old, you still have four years before you're really in your like NBA prime. So, I mean things like, like, like the, 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 the book hasn't been written on Ben Simmons yet. So I see that, I see the area, I see the, the way that you think, nah, I don't want to do that. I also see the train of thought that says like Embiid's prime is now he's playing the best he's played in his career. Go, go make it, make, give yourself a two to three year window to win a, win a title. And I see that as well. Um, but I, I just kind of think like the whole Harden thing is contingent upon you bet you had better win a championship in the next two to three years. Because right. if you don't win, you traded away a 24 year old, a two time all star already. Um, you have to then make a decision do we re sign Harden for 48 to $55 million per year at age 33? And you also gave away significant, you know, capital and assets. Um, and so you're, you're basically where you started two years ago with Harden potentially walking away anyway, or you're hamstrung with a, with a, with a massive, massive contract. Um, and, you know, I, I just don't think there's an easy answer either way. Everyone on Twitter says it's an easy answer. I don't think it's an easy answer at all. No, I'm sure it was hard as hell. And then even for Maury, um, Maury has always been saying that, like, yo, we're not going to trade Ben. Well, you know, we believe in Ben. I think the only reason why he was even – putting Ben on the table it was because he was pressured to by both Houston and Brooklyn. 
the Rockets, that situation between the Rockets and Harden got so toxic so quickly that Houston was like, okay, listen, we're done. Okay, um, Philly, hey, Daryl, you better give us Ben or we're going to ship Harden out like right now to your rival. And then he said, okay, okay, listen, Ben's on the table. We'll give you Matisse. We'll give you a pick. And then when the Rockets asked for Maxi, he's like, okay, listen, it's going to be a little tough. How about we come up with something else? So that's it. And then uh, obviously everything happened with Brooklyn. But the only reason why Maury even offered Simmons was because of what I just mentioned. It was an outside external pressure by both the Rockets and the Nets. The Rockets making Harden available like immediately, wanting to get it done quickly as possible. And the Nets also being like, okay, here's what we're going to offer. So I do think, Austin, that Daryl really does believe in this Ben and Joel duo. Just the fact that Harden was like on the table like immediately, that's the only reason why he even put included Ben in a deal. Like he, he believes in Ben and Joe. Yeah. I think from what I've heard, um, well, no, not from what I've heard, but, but from what, you know, Ramona Shelburne has said, um, you know, Joel was – it believes in him and what he and Ben can do as well. Right. Um, I mean, you know, and you have to listen, we've, we've preached, everyone has preached like since last year, like you got to listen to your star player. You got to listen to your star player. What if that was them listening to their star player? What if that's, what if Joel is saying, um, you know, I, 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 I want to give this time. Mm-hmm. And I wrote this yesterday before, before the trade even happened. Cause I think it's something that we don't really consider as, as people who, you know, we, we look at these people as machines, they're athletes, but they're, they're also humans. They think like us too. Right. And you don't, and Joel might be sitting there thinking like, do I really want this guy who goes out and parties at, at, you know, before and after every game and, a, and clearly doesn't care about a pandemic. Do I want him around me when I have a, a, a an infant son and a, and a, and a girlfriend, like he just, you know, he just had the COVID case on the team and um, you know, he was going to live separate from his family. While, while, while they were while they were all going through the testing and making sure everything was okay, so right. now you have to bring this guy on a team where you don't know where he's been, you don't know who he's been exposed to. I mean, that's a very real factor in all this. Yeah, and that's something again that like you just kind of mentioned it. A lot of people don't view these guys as like uh, as humans, as you just mentioned. They kind of view these guys as strictly as like go out there, put the ball in the hoop and entertain me. Like, like, like that, that's how a lot of people kind of view these guys as. So, I mean, that's actually a really, really great point, Austin, that you just brought up just because of really what's going on in the world right now and how we're all dealing with it. I mean, hell, the Sixers just went through a, the, a week from hell, you know, when it comes to, you know, guys being out, protocols, played the and Nuggets I, with only seven guys. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, it, like from like a social, you know, a social standpoint, it kind of in a way comes back to the whole shut up and dribble premise that people are so, yeah. you know, like, are so like, like, how could you on long line? It all comes back to like, in a way that's what it indirectly implies is that you don't, you know, if, if Joel's the one saying, let's hold off on this because I don't know, I can trust this guy. That's Joel be- being a human being. You have to respect that. So, I mean, right. I, think, I, think, I don't think it's as simple as Daryl Morey messed this up and you know, how could he not trade Ben Simmons? No, I, I think I'm going to trust a guy that's been an, an exec, you know, one of the best executives in the league for 13 years. Right. One of, you know, a championship winning head coach and Doc Rivers. I'm going to trust them over, you know, uh, guys with 14 followers on Twitter. <laughs> Dude, exactly. That, that's also Twitter, though. That, that is Twitter at the end of the day. Everybody believes that they're right just because they have a social media account. Um, 
I do think though, like like from a basketball standpoint, it does seem like a like a bit of a missed opportunity just because of I think Harden and Embiid really could be a terrific fit. Sure. Like like j- just looking from a basketball standpoint, just taking out the um the human factor of it because Harden is one of the elite explosive scores in the game. You know what I'm saying? Harden's got a 60-point triple-double under his belt. He's got a couple of 35, 40-point triple-doubles under his belt. You know, that's not Ben Simmons' game. Ben is obviously a guy who's going to get you a triple-double, but Ben will get you like 17, 11, and 12, while Harden will get you like 60, 18, and 12, something ridiculous like that. Yeah, and, and that's in an offense and in a system where it's like everyone stands around and watches him play. Like, yeah. that system is very conducive to him putting up those types of numbers. Um, you know, in a team with more talent, maybe that looks different. Um, but I also think that, like, a lot, a lot of what people are saying, like, look at what he does. He's a generation scorer. Yeah, he does that pretty often in the regular season and in the playoffs where, you know, they're like, the, the Spurs-Rockets elimination game in Houston back in like 2017 for sure they got blitz they got blitz on their home court and Harden didn't do anything really um he's had plenty of like do or die playoff games where he has been MIA so I mean he's a he's a regular season champion for sure but where is that playoff resume and that isn't me saying I wouldn't do the trade but these are all factors that you have to think about when you are thinking about you're thinking about altering the landscape of your team for the future and for the present. You got an absolutely great point. I mean, I know everybody loves James Harden, but you are right. He does come up, he has a history of coming up short in playoff games. You mentioned game six against the Spurs. Uh, there, there was game seven against the Warriors um, when, the, when he was a big factor and them missing 27 straight three-pointers in, in that game. Um, and, and how, about, like, how, about, how about when um, Durant goes down in 2019 and they have a chance to win the series because Durant's not there and yeah. what happens? Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. They, were, they, uh, they had a chance at home game six to force a game seven. And instead of Harden taking over, it was Steph Curry and Klay Thompson eliminating the Rockets again on the road in Houston. So it's a good point. Um, I personally believe that Harden and B would, would have gotten, gotten it done, but you also bring up legitimate factors, Austin, that Harden has not shown up come big playoff games. That doesn't mean he, he wouldn't have, um, he wouldn't have done so in Philadelphia, but just, it's one of those things to where, you know, it, it's a gamble. Um, and for Daryl Morey to not take that gamble, I think that just kind of says more about Morey believing in Ben and Joe and kind of remembering what happened in Houston and giving this team a shot with Doc and on hard and on Harden's chase, uh, Harden's, you know, side, he can go to Brooklyn and be with Durant and Mike D'Antoni and, and kind of go from there. Yeah. And I think like, this isn't some rookie G this isn't, this is, I mean, I don't want to speak for what actually happened and which, which brains said what, but this is not a, a, a franchise that is steered by just, um, you know, uh, Alex Rucker and Elton Brand and Brett Brown anymore. This is a franchise that is headed by, a guy that spent nearly a decade with James Harden. If anyone knows James Harden's trade value and his impact on the team's chance of winning a title, it's Daryl Morey. And the, the fact that, you know, he, he set his line. He, he said, this is the height that I'm going to go. And if you can, you can take it if you want it. And if, and if not, fine, you have, you, you can't just think about this move. You have to think about down the road, like 
what moves do I might I have to make in a, a month or two from now that, right. that, 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 this, that this trade would, would hinder me from making? You have to set the bar and say, I'm not going to be pushed over to, 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 to get what I want. Um, and, you know, this is the line you have to put in the sand because it sends a message that I don't care what the, what the package is. These are the, I'm not going to get, you know, dogged in a deal to the guy. Mm. Cause I mean, look, they wanted, like they wanted Miami's basically entire like core outside of that, bio and, and Butler yeah. uh, plus picks. Um, they ended up getting, you know, virtually almost all of the Nets depth plus picks. Right. Um, from the Sixers, they wanted Ben Simmons, Thibault, Maxi, two firsts, um, and, you know, so on. Like, the Nets wanted – I mean, the, the, the Rockets, and rightfully so, wanted to basically bludgeon your entire, your, your entire depth and your future. And, you know, there, there has to be a line where you say, this guy is f- phenomenal. He's, a, he's the, one of the top five players in the league every year. Mm-hmm. But, but like, like where does the line stop where you're – your, your cost is so unbelievably high that you're like, man, you're, you're kind of, you're kind of like handcuffed to, you must win one in the next one year or two or else this wasn't worth it. Yeah. That's always, that was always the big question when it came to this deal. And I think what people really got frustrated the most was, uh, as you mentioned, Austin, it came after a day that Ben really had a, a terrible game. And I think the fan base was already down on Ben just because of that. And they all thought about Harden. And I mean, we, we all know the Sixers fan base. They're a passionate group of people. I can't TM trademark that. That's, that's an <laughs> iconic phraseology. They are a passionate group of people. And, uh, <laughs> Oh, they're a passionate group of people. <laughs> no, listen, it is what it is. They're, listen, they love their team. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, Ben had an awful game Tuesday, but I kind of, and listen, I will say this taking two shots against Miami when ha- when they're missing half their roster and, and you're missing so many pieces, it's unacceptable. It is. At the end of the day, it's unacceptable for Ben to only take two shots. But if, if you really want to think about it, I, I'll cut him a little bit of slack just because he was coming back from a knee issue. I mean, apparently this knee issue was like a really big thing. It, it bothered him. I mean, it, listen, it is what it is. I'll say this. I, I think like you think you get in the mind of, in the mind of Ben Simmons. Like, um, yes, it's unacceptable. Like he should have had more than two shots yada 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 um you also look at the fact that like okay how many how many open looks did he create for his teammates and what have what has doc rivers been saying all along like i don't care how the points come i just need them to score um so i mean that's the mentality that they're trying to impart upon ben simmons here he stops like the free throw line where he just stops and just like like the controller dies on him and he just stops and like rotates (laughs) like like that was a bad play, but look at the shots that he creates. Look, it, it, it isn't all about who scored. It's about, it's about just scoring the damn ball. That's what matters in the end. Right. And um, we get and so wrapped up 137 up. points. Yeah. And we get so wrapped up in points scored. Now, like, did he look lost that time running? Like, like just literally running the guy over under the basket. Like it was just, you had 10 feet of space to make a decision. And you decided to go right into the guy's chest for no reason. Yeah, those were all bad moves. But let's think about the fact that we don't know what Ben Simmons was thinking about. Maybe, maybe he he his agent lets him know. Rich Paul says, "Hey, this this trade could happen tomorrow, or this trade could happen, you know, soon." Maybe he's thinking about that. Maybe he's trying to, you know, maybe the knee is a factor. You know, there's so many different different things that 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 could be a could could have been running through his head. That kind of you know you have to think about it from a human standpoint. Now, 
from a player standpoint, he should have played with more pride. He should have been way more aggressive. I agree with that. But in the grand scheme of things, maybe 20 games from now, he's averaging 18, 19 points. He's putting, you know, 12, 11, 12 boards and, and eight assists. Does anyone really care what he did in one game against the Miami Heat? Right. Right. At the end of the day, we all know what Ben Simmons is. He's a terrific player. And I've said this before. I think Simmons is a top 15 player in the game. Uh, I really do believe he does, does so many things on the floor. It's just like, I, I do believe he needs to be a little more aggressive offensively. I've talked about it with you a million times with our good friend, Jason Blevins. I, I think he does need to kind of come up with some sort of jump shot. Like I thought the three pointer against Orlando that he hit on new year's Eve. I thought that was going to be a good start. Like, like, okay, take more of those. And just, you know, he, he doesn't do it. He's most. He's the most unique, confusing, misunderstood superstar in you know in, in the game right now. Just he he is who he is. Now, well, according, according to Egg Avatar Bill one oh nine six four eight oh seven on Twitter, oh, he, he's a he's a role player who oh, I don't know <laughs> a role player. I'm going to stop you right there. Ben Simmons ain't a role player. I'm telling you right now. You know, Ben Ben Simmons is a star. At the end of the day, he is. Um, and then just kind of just recapping this past week for Philadelphia, it kind of started, what's today? Today's January 14th. It started a week ago today. They're in Brooklyn. They're, the Nets are missing Kevin Durant uh, because he's out due to the, the health and safety protocols. They didn't have Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving decides not to play like an hour before tip-off or, or something, an hour and a half before tip-off. Oh, I'm not really sure. Like at first I was, at first I was like, oh, okay. You know what? I, Knowing Kyrie and, and how he's so involved in the community and things like that, he probably was just upset about what happened at the Capitol. I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe he, maybe he just kind of needs some time off to just relax a little bit because that, that, that was a lot. That event at the Capitol, that was a lot to take in. Like, my yeah. God. So I was like, okay, maybe he just needs some time. That, that, that's a lot. Uh, and then he, then he, like, shows up at a large family gathering, which apparently there wasn't just family. It was, like, other people, too. And it was like a lot of people in this video that's kind of floating around Twitter. And he's, he doesn't have a mask on. Nobody's really got a mask on that video. It's a pandemic. I, and I'm looking, I'm now thinking, it's in here thinking, what the hell is this guy doing? <laughs> like, what the hell? Does, does, like, does he, does he want to come back to the Nets? Like, it, and, then, and then that report came out, Austin, that he was upset that he wasn't involved in the hiring of Steve Nash. Apparently, he didn't want Steve Nash as coach, and he wasn't involved in that hire. So I, I, I don't know what to make of Kyrie Irving right now. Well, from what I heard about the whole hiring process is that it was very much Kevin Durant um, who was a, you know, a leader in that decision. Um, That's understandable because Nash worked with Kevin Durant in, yeah. uh, in Golden State. Yeah. And also, Kevin Durant coming off of an Achilles is still – like you're ninety nine. You're still ninety nine percent confident that he's a better player than Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Uh, and so you know, it's you know, I, I think this Kyrie, I think, is in a, a lot of ways misunderstood. And I think agreed. Uh, he, Definitely he embodies, agreed. He embodies that whole like, you know, I will not just sit down and dribble, or I will not just you know dribble the shut up and dribble the basketball. Like he 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 embodies that entire thing. That's on one hand. The other hand, I view it from the perspective of like, you know, your average working class American man or, you know, family or whatever. It's very hard to, you know, just toss it, like, like just to chalk it up as, oh, Kyrie is woke, he's this, he's that. Like the average working class American cannot just 
oh, I'm going to take a two-week hiatus from work and not talk, not tell anybody and just right. a wall. Like, you can't do that. So right. I understand why people are, are pissed at him and are upset with him about it. I get it. Um, and I think it's time for him to come back to work because at the end of the day, this is a job. It really is. I mean, it's, it's the best job in the world, but it is a job at the end of the day. So, and do you agree with Stephen A. Smith calling for him to retire? I mean, listen, if I had like that much money, I'd probably be like, all right, peace. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a cha- like, listen, he's got a championship ring already. Like. Yeah. I mean, like, like, like I, I think it's very easy for me to sit here and say like winning to Trump's all money. Like I would take a lesser contract if it meant to go into a winning situation. I've, I've always been someone who's thought lesser of players who choose money over rings when they have the opportunity to, and they haven't won one yet. So, I mean, listen, he's a max player. Um, do I think he should retire? I mean, no, I think he's a tremendous player. Right. But I also think that it's time to come back down to earth or, you know, the flat earth that, 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 that he lives <laughs> on. Um, and, you know, realize like, I'm not the subject of the world anymore. Like, this is, you know, this is not all about me. I'm here no, see, I've, I've always said this though about Kyrie and you just mentioned it. He's a terrific player. Like Kyrie Irving is so good. And this is why even before the Harden deal, why the Nets were my pick to come out of the East. And I felt so confident in it because you have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, who are both known as guys who have a, you know, a unique personality, but they're both amazing basketball players at the end of the day, which is why the Nets were always my pick to come out of the East. Now you add James Harden to that. And it's like, mm, I mean, do we really think the Bucks are going to, are going to like, you know, stop, stop Brooklyn or, or, or do we think, I think- I wonder what Giannis thinks about all this. Cause like he just signed a five year extension to stay there. Right. They, they gave up all of their draft capital plus for Drew holiday, tangible assets for Drew holiday, who they're going to have to try to extend now. I mean, they're, they're going to have three max players basically. I don't know what that, what, what that window is for, for, for Milwaukee. Like we talk, talk about the Sixers, not like their, their window being closed after Giannis, are you really like confident in that second and third option? No, and I've said this before. It's why, like, I don't trust the Bucks come playoff time. Like, yeah. sure, you got Giannis, but I mean, Chris Middleton, good player, but he's not James Harden. He's is, not. Is, is he better than Ben Simmons? No, <laughs> no. And then, and then you've got Drew Holiday, who also was not better than Ben Simmons. And I mean, you can make the case that he's kind of on the same level as Tobias Harris, like. Just I, I don't know. Like I, I look at the Bucks, and I, I don't think the Bucks are like really real contenders. I mean, I've been saying this for years now. I picked Toronto to beat them in 2019, and yeah. and I think if Philadelphia would have got past Toronto that year, I think Sixers would have beaten the Bucks. Like the Bucks to me were not all that great. They speaking got Giannis, of, and that's it. Speaking of Toronto, wow. I mean, it has yeah, been wow. rough going. That's up. brutal. I can't I can't lie with you, and. I know you and I kind of had differing opinions on them, but you at least had Toronto in the playoffs as like a sixth seed. I, I think I think you had them around like before the season started. I mean, neither of us saw them going. What are they two and eight right now? Three and eight, something like that. Yeah, I mean, they had just two absolutely like crushing losses. Like they had they had the game winning looks in both games against the Warriors in Portland, and Siakam missed the, the shot twice. I mean, <laughs> and, and listen, that guy's ceiling might be capped. You know what, Austin? I mean, I, I disagreed with you in the offseason, but watching these first 11 games and, like, that, that uh, the game-winning attempt against Golden State looked like it was going in, but it was still kind of like a mm, – j- just 
I might have to agree with you at this point like, because like, like, like he's making he, he's not he's not like doing these like uh, you know hesitation dribble rise into threes like crossover you know like he's not create like he's not off the dribble scoring like like from deep he's a guy that can get that can get his shot within like 15 to feet, feet of the basket he can finish up the rim but he's really a catch and shoot three point shooter who is right. like you know he I mean five, six years ago, he's probably one of the top 10 players in the league because of his ability to create inside the arc. But now it's like when he, when the Sixers played them, Ben Simmons put him in handcuffs and then twisted the chain. So that way there was like, there were like, it was like, he was tied. Yeah. I I think, I think Siakam shot three for 11 when Ben defended him in that game. Like that's, that's absolutely insane. Um, do, Do you trust the magic? Like I'm like the like we're, we're both we're both <laughs> that the magic are not as good as this start right like please tell me we are this is like a job interview I'm like like wait a second is this a technical question where I get all my stuff <laughs> usually their offense is just predicated on like what can Vucevic do for you in the post right um, and I they were getting something more from Markel Fultz this year um, Aaron Gordon's a wild card um, you know he always is yeah. And obviously you don't have uh, Jonathan Isaac. They had a hot start, but I mean, I think they've had like a couple of like hideous blowouts. Yes. Yeah. Undefeated start. They so have. I mean, um, my, my, my suspicion is they probably can't keep pace with a top heavy team in the East, but I think they're, they are playing better basketball um, and that they, they will be vying for a play in game. And I think like yeah, for a play in game. Yeah. Like, like, like I think one thing that, People speaking of playing games, I think one thing that people don't take into account with, like, oh, the Nets have no depth, but they're they're going to get somebody on the buyout market. Um, sure, yeah, but that's also in years past when there's like, you have the ninth, the tenth, and the eleventh seed, and they're six games behind everybody else. Like, so like they know they're out of it. This year, you have the playing game, and there's there's going to be teams that are in there down to the wire for that playing game where buyout guys aren't going to be available. They're going to be they're they're going to they're going to be vying for playing games. Right. And so I don't know what that buyout market looks like, and I don't know that the, that the Nets are going to be you know that, that it's going to be rich for the for the Nets to go and get their their size depth there. Well, I will say this. I mean, I guess to to that point, as we kind of begin to wrap this up, is you have to look at the teams that are kind of at the bottom, bottom teams like Detroit teams like Minnesota, or um, I guess we can, I guess we can throw Washington at there at this point. Like Washington has just kind of been terrible. But I, I, I believe in what they can do. I, so I, do I. I so do I. I. Could be a playing team, but like the, 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 the Pistons are a buyout team for a reason because they don't have anybody that's worth. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess like the only guy worth taking for a team like Brooklyn. Uh, um, Mason Plumley. <laughs> no, they're not going to buy Plumley out. They're not going to. He's on a three-year deal. What about Okafor? He was. Yeah, he's a former Net. Um, I guess, but like they, because he, because listen, they love Isaiah Stewart. So like they they're kind of making Isaiah Stewart the rookie, like the real backup to Plumley. Because like because like what depth is Okafor going to give you that you're confident in a defensive matchup? Yeah, that too. That's a big thing. And then you go over to Minnesota and like you could maybe hope they buy out Ed Davis or something and try to get Davis back there. Good luck with all that. Exactly. So <laughs> I mean, like you could go for Deadman. You could go for Dwayne Deadman. Um, yeah, Deadman's an option. Yeah. Has Deadman signed with anybody yet after uh nah. Nah. Yeah. So I mean there you go. Dwayne Deadman, he's a good option. He really is. He's good. 
So as they head in, as the Sixers head in to play the Miami Heat tonight, January 14th, as we wrap this up, Tobias Harris, Shake Milton, Matisse Thybul, they are all probable for the game after missing last couple uh, games because of the whole health and safety protocols. How many three-pointers is Tobias Harris making tonight? Oh, I'm going to go with one. I'm going to go with three. One of four is what I think. I think I'm going to get the legs back Tobias under three. I'll bet you, I'll, I'll bet you this. Uh, I am, I'm sure he will be well short on a number of shots trying to get those legs back under him. Probably. It's going to, it's going to definitely going to be a little bit of a, of a rust factor for him shake. And then even Matisse a little bit. So and my guess, my guess is that Seth probably comes back this weekend or next or early next week. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously that obviously when it comes to Seth, it will come to down to him testing negative. I think it's twice in a row. He has to test negative. Yeah. So it's definitely going to have to be a little bit of more time, but yeah, I mean, there is a chance he could come back against Memphis or Oklahoma city this weekend. But as I mentioned, it's going to come down to what his tests results say for the virus. And the so, Sixers could be like 13 and four, 14 and four. And fans will be like, they got no shot. Should have traded Simmons for Harden. You know, it'll be, it'll be great. Passionate group of people. Make, make sure you follow, <laughs> follow on Twitter at NBA Krell. Is that it? That's that's at crazy. NBA Krell, go ahead and check his stuff out. Check his stuff out at thepaintedlines.com. Make sure you check out SixersWire.com uh, out as well for all of your Sixers updates from me and Austin. So Austin, thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, I just have one more take to say. I want to add that Batman sucks. I just want to let everybody know Batman sucks, and that's what we're gonna do. We're, we're gonna end it right there. We're out. We'll see you guys next time on the Bell Ringer. 